You're listening to episode number 202 of the Stuttering School podcast. I'm Daniela Rossi, your host. It has been way too long since my last episode, so it's great to be back. Each and every one of us has our own speech goals and our own speech journey. Whether you prefer to stutter openly or work on your speech tools, or maybe you aim for fluency or the complete opposite, part of our stuttering journey usually involves the act of practice at one point or another. For instance, there was a time when I practiced saying my name, and I got pretty good at it. Then I fell out of habit, and and I, and I stutter on it since. Um... And another time I had made a mental note to practice certain words that tend to come up in job interviews a lot when I was going through job interviews. But the lazy side of me uh, got the best of me, but and I never got around to do it. This episode is all about those times when we feel we could use the practice. I'm joined on the phone by my friend David Stones, who recently gave a workshop about this topic at the Canadian Stuttering Ah, I gotta breathe. Association's one-day conference, which took place on October 22nd, 2016, which was just about a week ago from this recording. And that was also International Stuttering Awareness Day. Welcome back to my show, David. Thank you, Danielle. It's great to be uh, on air again with you. And I just remembered, you're on the board of the Stuttering Association, right? And you also help organize the conference. That's correct. I work specifically on the program a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, that's where my input was uh, generally. Yeah, <laughs> And I thank you so much. It was such a great conference. I had a, I had a great time. Oh, I think it was. Uh, the feedback I got verbally, and uh, I've had um, the honor of going through the actual written um, responses, etc. And everything is very, very oh, positive. Nice. I think it was a great workshop and it was wonderful to see, I don't know, about 125 people, I think. Wow. From very diverse, yeah, very diverse backgrounds, right. etc. And right. from some, uh, well, I wouldn't say distant areas of Canada, but certainly Ottawa and Montreal, etc. And um, Alberta. Yeah, and Alberta. From Alberta. Lots yeah. from the GTA for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I just got a very uniformly positive response from everybody and a lot of warmth. I heard that was a big thing. Yeah. It was great. It was lovely. It was a lovely conference. Yeah, yeah. And I was so stunned to find out that the Speaker of the House of Commons <laughs> was going to be giving the keynote. <laughs> well, yes, I read that when he was appointed, it actually came up that he was a person who stuttered. Ah. Uh, and I wondered to the, you know, really. He, um, you know, to what extent does he stutter? But it was certainly of great interest to me and quite fascinating that the speaker of the house, the speaker yet, was a person who stuttered. <laughs> and it turns out that, you know, Jeff Reagan is a person who's learned to manage his stutter uh, quite effectively, but certainly owns up and is totally open about the fact I am a person yeah. who stutters. And I need to work at it on a regular basis. And I think yeah. that's a really good message for the stuttering community. And he was certainly an outstanding um, keynote speaker. That oh, I thought yeah. his speech was excellent. Yeah, it was so engaging. It was so mm-hmm. engaging. And then the idea that, yeah, someone that stutters can get into politics. Because he's also MP of <laughs> uh, Halifax West. And that itself takes a lot of speaking, a lot of 
meeting people yeah. and all yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a big message in there is that uh, he was not held back. He just said, this is what I would like to do. Um, I like speaking. I'm a, I'm a good speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm an eloquent speaker. I'm an articulate speaker. Yep. And if I stutter, I stutter. But I'm going to work at this, and I'm going to do the best I can in public situations. And damn it, he's done it. Yeah. And highly successful. He was elected, and now he's Speaker of the House. And I, I think it's a great story for people who stutter right across Canada. And it doesn't mean, oh, you've got to strive for complete fluency or anything like that. The message, really, that I get from it is do the best you can do every day. Whatever yeah. whatever that is for you. Whatever that is for you. Be comfortable in your skin. Be exactly. comfortable in what you... Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so. and that's the spirit of the show. It's just do whatever that you are most comfortable doing. Just know there are yeah. consequences to everything. But yeah, just do whatever is comfortable. And one of them... That's battle one, is to be yeah. comfortable in your own skin and to be comfortable in what you perform and the way that you do it. And uh, this thing about, I guess we call it self-acceptance, et cetera, but it doesn't just apply to people who stutter. It no. applies to, yeah. to all human beings because yeah. all of us have our features and benefits, as it were, and uh, we all have to be comfortable with the way we are as human beings. That's job one, to exist on this planet and to be effective, I think, in society. Yeah. So what were your favorite moments? So aside from the keynote speech and... uh, and you've also uh, mentioned your workshop. I completely forgot to mention that you gave a workshop. Well, Actually, no, wait, I did mention your workshop. Yeah, I did. I'm just looking at my show notes right now. I did mention mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah, what were your other high- highlights? Well, certainly my workshop was a highlight. True, true. <laughs> you said yeah. jokingly. But I think the open <laughs> mic always, this is our third conference in sort of the resurrected CSA right. since we resurrected the CSA, and I think the open mic has been a real highlight. It's it's hearts on sleeves. I mean, it is people, very brave people, oh, yeah. um, speaking in a number of cases, as I said, I've never spoken to so many people before, 125, 130 people in the audience, standing there, um, and anyone, uh, lots of people, 99.9% of people would be terrified to do that. And here's people who stutter, standing up and doing it and uh, doing such a magnificent job and being so courageous and saying, I don't know, such very poignant things about the human journey and about what it means to to be a person who stuttered their whole life and where they are now and et cetera, et cetera. Their experiences are very uplifting and Mm -hmm. it's very illuminating and very, um, I don't know, um, uh, empowering, I think, for Mm -hmm. the audience to hear those stories. And I think that's, been a highlight for me three years in a row, and everything I read and see says other um, people who attend the conference. It's a big highlight for them as well. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful part of the of the uh, of of the day, and I, I wish we had more time for it. Frankly, true, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. there. I remember there was mm-hmm. one person who came up who said that he got a job because he stuttered. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a, Sorry? that's a very 
sort of controversial issue as to oh. whether you should declare your stutter in an interview. Right. At least I right. think it's controversial. Yeah. Oh, some yeah. people it's don't a big agree one. with it, one. and some people do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but I remember, this... I remember that fellow Danielle. He said that he declared it, and they talked about it, and that was really why that was a tiebreaker for him. That right. was why he got the job because so. they saw it as um, oh, I forget what it was. Whether they saw him as being an honest person. And that's what they needed yeah. on 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 the job, and he was completely open yeah. about it. And I thought, yeah. wow, like for an employer yeah. to think that way. That I mean, I don't recall if, yeah. if he mentioned the employer knew what stuttering was or had someone in his yeah. family or her family. And and I, and I and I gotta say, honest to them and honest to himself, and intellectual honesty is huge in the mm -hmm. I think in the workplace. Oh, so yeah. a guy who's who levels with himself and said, "This is who I am." And presents himself in that realistic light uh, is a real treasure for a lot of employers, and uh, that seemed to be the case uh, in that instance as he described it. So it yeah. was a great story. It was a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was mm. also the CSA's twenty-fifth anniversary this year, so we had a lot of cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of cake. Yes, I wasn't around when Oops. it started. I didn't get involved till I guess seven or eight years ago but uh, I certainly applaud those who were our forebearers and uh, forefathers I guess that's right and, and uh, foremothers for parents <laughs> who uh, <laughs> uh, yeah who really worked hard to get the CSA off the ground and uh, yeah I was very proud to be part of its resurrection I guess I would call it that and you helped ago. tremendously you were helping us oh, with well, the strategy. You, you brought in your oh, thank expertise. You. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Danielle, I remember the story. I read an article about you and the Globe and Mail. I was and, in the Globe um, and Mail. <laughs> it was in the Globe and Mail, and I, I tracked you down. It. I thought, you know, I I just retired. I thought, you know what, I'd like to track this guy down. And, and I frankly never heard of the CSA. Mm -hmm. And I tracked you down, and that led to a coffee or two with Lisa Wilder among others, and then right. uh, I ended up sort of volunteering to work on a strategic vision for the CSA and helping us kind of think our way through where we wanted to go as an organization and how we would get there and what we needed to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think as a team, we've really accomplished a lot in five years or so. So and, much. Yeah. So much, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, to contrast that with news that I heard, that I read t today, actually was yesterday, that the BCAPs, uh -huh. the British Columbia, yes. this, the Stirring Association over in British Columbia, they're gone. Yes. They've closed up yeah. after all these years. I think they were even older than the CSA yeah, before the I'm 90s. not familiar with them, but I read yeah. all the emails and the base camp. And it's uh, yeah. like it breaks my heart. You know, it yeah. it Yes, I agree. I agree. It's, we need chapters like that out there, and maybe the right people will come along, and they'll have the right coffees at the right time, yeah. and there'll be a strap plan session, and they'll <laughs> Just like <us>. resurrect <laughs> the way we did. You know, it's like yeah. phoenixes, right, mm -hmm. rising out of the ashes. But yeah, but I agree with you. I wasn't familiar with them, but I read the emails and stuff, and I do have a sense of nostalgia about them and. 
I, I hope they do resurrect. Because yeah. I'm sure there's many people out there in Western Canada who would benefit from their services and programs. I know, yeah. Yeah. So back you to... You want to talk about the oh, workshop? I was just about to say, yeah. I have in okay. my hand three sheets of paper. Uh, three, no, not no, not three sheets, but three uh, stapled groups of papers. Three different documents, we'll call it that. Um, uh-huh. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to sit in on your workshop, but when you uh, emailed, um, I'm just full disclosure for the listener, um, I'm an adjunct member of the board of the CSA, and um, uh, in comes this email from David saying, yeah, here are my... Um, well, you have best practices, workshop suggestions, influency shaping practice list, and your David's top ten pack. So maybe you you know what? I'm gonna shut up and I'm, and I'll let you explain what this is and you know why I thought this would be perfect for my listeners. They would love to see this and and learn more. Yeah, so yeah. Sure. Well, basically, I'm uh, 67 years old. Uh, my journey as a as a person who stutters has been along since I was like two years old. And um, as part of my sort of give back to the community, it occurred to me that a workshop kind of focused on best practices, you know, um, the practices, the behaviors, the mindsets, the exercises that uh, people who stutter engage in to optimize their fluency. So I don't use the word to be fluent, but to optimize their uh, fluency, to be as fluent as they can be on a daily basis, would be useful to people who stutter. And so I offered a workshop and got about 50 people to it. Wow. Who who were people who stutter and SLPs and others who um, uh, um, were really interested in the practices employed by people who stutter on a daily basis to um, optimize their fluency. So that's what it was about. Um, I provided my top 10 list of practices that have worked uh, for me over my lifetime to get me to a point that I manage my stutter quite effectively most of the time. And uh, the big thing was to get input from the full audience. So we spent uh, two-thirds of the time, really, going around the room, and anyone who had a suggestion, I green-lighted it, which is to say that I said, no idea is stupid. I said, if you stand on your head in a bowl of jello and balance (laughs) marbles on your feet, and that works for you, then let's hear it, and I'll put this up on the board. No one had such an absurd suggestion. Sounds a lot like your strat plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people had very, um, very interesting things that they do. And um, I mean, everything from um, um, speaking slowly, like, you know, individuals said, I find I've got to slow down, speak syllable by syllable. Um, an individual who said, the message is important. What I tell myself is I am communicating effectively. People understand what I'm saying. And when I focus on the message, I find that the medium through which I, I propel that message becomes smoother for me. It works a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just uh, relaxing and connecting the body. Um, um, an individual who said, I use a lot of hand gestures and body <laughs> movement to animate my speech. That's me. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly you way. know, um, we've all heard of the technique of stuttering on purpose that mm. uh, one individual said, when you're going through a difficult period, when their brain just isn't working right, right you know, that feels like those um, sort of neural responses are just aren't there for them. It's not working. They're having a bad day. If they stutter on purpose a few times in a few, in a few conversations, it relaxes them and makes them feel uh, more home, as it were, and and their speech improves. It's it's sort of an incredible um, about face, but you know. So what we got from the audience was wonderful. Um, we got um, I don't know eight or nine or ten great um, suggestions, which I recorded and wrote down, and then emailed them all back to everybody in the audience. Uh, plus, I shared with the audience my 10, what I call my top 10 pack of uh, uh, techniques that I've used personally to advance my um, fluency and, and to help me manage my stutter in, mm-hmm. in my life. And I won't get into all of those 10 items, but certainly for me, a big issue has been, I think, just... Um, trying to speak as often as I can, becoming very loquacious uh, from a person who didn't speak much at all to a person who speaks a lot, and certainly practicing a lot. Um, and a lot of it, I really, really advocate uh, speaking in a very animated way, like Shakespeare and Dylan Thomas and poetry and reciting work like that can be work wonders because it causes you to breathe very diaphragmatically, to breathe deeply and to speak with emphasis and uh, great uh, cadence and intonation because you're driven by the lines of poetry, the lines of script. And, and it just shows you at least to yourself in the mirror, uh, you, I, you know, excuse me, I can do this. I am, I am, uh, able to do this. And if you do it often enough, I think you start to translate those skills in the marketplace, as it were, in the real oh, world. Yeah. yeah, especially at work. So that's <laughs> what I think, you know, that's what's worked for me. And I, I still do it. I mean, as you know, and you were at my show, I perform poetry. So that's right. I've that's right. I forgot to mention this. your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. But I've translated into my real life. And, it's not the cart of the horse, uh, really, for me. I just, I love writing. I love writing poetry, and I love performing it. It just so happens that mm-hmm. that does fit in with my uh, other objectives on a daily basis, which is, I mean, I read a lot of Shakespeare on my own. I read a lot of poetry and Dylan Thomas. I go to a lot of theater there's a reason why actors rehearse every day. There's a reason why they, they rehearse their breathing. There's a reason for that. It's because speaking is not easy. It's not an easy game. And even for the guys who do it as a, a profession, they need to com, um, continuously work on diaphragmatic breathing 
and the expulsion of the voice and the um, way that they propel their words to an audience. And stutterers have to work five times as hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was one of my messages to the workshop. Um, one of the, the um, third piece I handed out was um, oh, yeah. some <laughs> uh, fluency shaping sentences that I got from a course in 1977 from a, a great guy called Brother Britton, who was a reverend, might have been the Presbyterian Church in Toronto, and he offered a course at Centennial College, wow. and he was a, um, a person who stuttered and who'd learned a lot about fluency shaping, which was very big in the 1970s. That's right. And these were just sentences that went through the alphabet, starting with the letter of the alphabet that I represented I didn't even that realize sentence. that, yes. They're in alphabetical, with the exception of A, but there are tongue twisters. <laughs> Finny Flying Fish. With the exception of A, I never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Finny Flying never Fish, Flying that. Fast, Flashed, Past a Floundering Fleet yeah. of Flat. I can't say this. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why there's no A. Hmm. Well, I guess it's hard. I don't know why that Apple, is. Apple, Annie, I, um, Arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, we can always I mean, it's a, it, it is honestly, Danielle, a very primitive exercise, but it, it, it's, uh, really exemplifies how, um, we have to reduce this to very simplistic procedures, if you yeah. will. And just if we practice every day, if you have trouble with M's, for example, a lot of stutterers ah. do. If you if you practice saying M's and you objectify your problem and you you understand your blockages, you can learn how to intervene in the blockage and how to um, uh, optimize your speech pattern. Not necessarily to eliminate the blockage or anything, but to minimize the blockage. And I and I said to the to the folks in the workshop, for me to stand up and say, many men of many minds, many mice of many kinds, mixed and mingled mid the minds, I couldn't have done that 15 years ago. Wow. Either in front of the audience or on this phone call. Hmm. And the way I've done it, in my opinion, is I've redefined my neural pathways a bit. And I've learned to breathe differently, and my speech pattern is different. And it's because of all these confluence of all these different exercises. I really like your, so, um, num your item number four on your top 10 pack, speak early in group settings. Yes. yes. Would you like to speak uh -huh. about that for, for a bit? Yeah, well, what, uh, this is a personal thing that if I'm in a meeting or if I'm in a big group of people, um, I, I like to try to speak early, which means that if I'm concerned about speaking or being asked a question, that leads to a lot of anxiety for a lot of people who stutter. So I find the earlier I volunteer to speak, the more at ease I become. And I do this all the time. If there's, uh, are there any questions from the audience my hand will be one of the first to go up because I, I find if I, if I can speak early, it relieves my anxiety. Uh, people who stutter tend to 
to uh, retreat and they tend to avoid speaking and they become, this amplifies, it magnifies on itself and they become terrified that they might be asked to speak. But in a lot of cases, if you speak early and voluntarily and say something over which you have some degree of control, uh, whether you stutter or not is irrelevant, you become much more at ease. And you're saying, this is me, this is who I am, etc. And so I, I find that has been a great thing in my career. And, and as you know, Danielle, I had a very uh, uh, significant uh, career in business. I was quite successful at, at stuff that I did, the positions I held, including president and CEO of a couple of organizations. And I practiced that type of technique right, right until the time of my retirement. Wow. And even now in consult, in consultation, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm, um, doing a, uh, strategic plan starting Monday night with an organization where I facilitate and, and do the strategic plan session with the board. And, uh, I'll, I'll put to use a lot of these techniques in that session. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, yep. um, I believe these are being converted into PDFs and posted to the CSA website. I don't know if it's up yes. just yet, but I will have links to the show notes because as soon, cause I'm going to wait till it's uploaded first and then I'll release this yeah. show. So it's already there. I'll have it in, in the show notes. In fact, I'm just going to have a look if we have it now, <laughs> if they have it now, uh, yeah. resources. Let me see. Find help resources. Uh, nothing. Okay. Not yet, but as soon well, as it's up. We might be waiting, waiting for the podcast to go up. Cause, uh, like uh, I oh. this interview, Crap. um, <laughs> perhaps, but, but yeah, I'll that's let them how know people to post can, it first. <laughs> that's how people can access these yeah. three handouts would be through the website. And, um, and there's always a disclaimer that, you know, we're not that's recommending right. these particular techniques. The CSA isn't endorsing them or recommending them. Mm-hmm. They are suggestions that came out of a workshop. They have worked for different people, including myself. And uh, we do advise always that you're, if you are in therapy, your um, uh, speech-language pathologist comes first. So if there's something you hear or read that is contradictory to an extent to what your SLP says, your SLP comes first. That's what you've got, who you have to listen to. Uh, this is not a, a pure science, obviously. What works for one may not work for another. So it's kind of a, a patchwork, um, patchwork quilt of, of um, uh, potential ways of dealing with your stutter. Uh, and you pick and choose what may or may not work for you. But collectively, there's some 20 or 21 suggestions here. And uh, as you say, Danielle, they'll be posted on the website. And we hope that people who stutter indeed do access these suggestions and read through them and pick and choose the items that may apply to their case. Yeah. And I would love to hear to receive feedback, um, comments on on everything that we talked talked about. So coolstutter at gmail.com is the email. I would prefer audio submissions. We all have we all have smartphones now and all the smartphones have voice memo apps. Record it. You know, two minutes is fine. 
and that way you can step out of your comfort zone and you can <laughs> and then I'll play it on my show and uh, we'll all feel less alone hearing each other stutter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, would, that would be great to get feedback on this stuff. I would love that as well. Yeah. I, uh, obviously, when you design a workshop and you deliver it, uh, I think to get feedback on how useful it actually was for yeah. people after the fact. So I, I would share with you that opinion, Danielle. If we can get feedback, that would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one more question. We did mm-hmm. mention your book, your your, mm-hmm. your book of poetry. What's it called, and uh, where can people find it? <laughs> well, I've got I've got two books out. Two of uh, them now. But, Sheesh! But when when yeah, did first, this happen? Uh, <laughs> my first book of poetry was Infinite Sequels, yeah. and I designed a one man show around that. Mm. Uh, my second book is uh, such a frail book of endings. Uh, these are book of uh, are books of poetry, and uh, I do a lot of poetry readings and performances around the GTA in Southern Ontario. Um, now I have a personal website, which I will advertise. Shut David up. Stone's poet. Nice. Yeah, DavidStone'sPoet.com. David Stone's poet. I'm going to write that down so I remember it for yeah. the show notes. And DavidStone'sPoet.com. You can access. Um, my itinerary, including what I call gigs and events and things that I have coming up. But uh, I do have some feature poet events coming up and some show events. Uh, plus, I've, once again, Danielle, I've got my applications in for a few fringe festivals. They're lotteries, so it's, really? it's uh, in the hands of the gods. But wow. once again, I'm trying to do Toronto Fringe and... Uh, London and Ottawa and even Edinburgh, Scotland. Holy I'd love to Max. do them. Wow. Yeah, I'd love to do mad. them, but it's in the hands of the gods. I mean, right, you can't right. do anything other than submit your app, and uh, it's not on the basis of quality. It's numbers <laughs> in a hat. It's numbers <laughs> in a hat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thank you again for coming coming on. Yeah. i got to say something else. Danielle, I'm, I'm, I started a book. A third and, one? Uh, it, it, yeah, but this is a book about, about my journey from a guy who couldn't say his own name oh, wow. to a performance artist. And I thought, there's a story here, and it needs to be told. So nice. It, it's, um, my book is called, uh, tentatively called Emerging Butterflies. <laughs> and it's uh, I'm I'm also tracking down other people who have enjoyed and experienced lifetime transformations from ah. one track to another. Hence the butterfly. And uh, yeah, the uh, butterfly image of someone who's uh, gone from a caterpillar to something completely different. But I think that uh, I'd like to put this together in the next year and I'm seeking a publisher right now. And if there's others out there who, who have uh, enjoyed similar experiences, whether it's your stuttering journey or something similar, a complete about face vis-a-vis your occupation or your private life, uh, I'd love to hear from you. So you can get hold of me through Danielle or through this 
podcast or through the CSA website. Or through the um, davidstonespoet.com? Or, or through davidstonespoet.com. Or, or just do a yeah, Google search, a, it'll come up. <laughs> there is a response mechanism, yeah. Yeah, just oh, through David awesome. Stone's Poet, you'll get a ton of material. <laughs> that's great stuff. But You've Emerging Butterflies, is, uh, I'm really excited about it. I just kind of felt, you know, there's a story to be called here, and maybe I should speak to Jeff Reagan. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a guy, I mean, he, he went from, a, you know, right. a guy who stutters, introverted, and and uh, and so forth, to saying, you know what, I, I'd like to get into politics. And he told the story to us at the CSA conference about how one day in Halifax, I think he was 22 or 23, he, he saw this speech um, institute, forget what it was called, and he said, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go through those doors. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through there and see what happens. <laughs> and he went through those doors and he met a great speech therapist as he told the story that started his transformation from one way of life to another. And, um, I just think it's not just people who stutter, but, a lot of us out there constantly require these stories of inspiration and change. And we need to believe that what we have in life is not necessarily what we always need, um, you know, to uh, accept or, or to believe this is all that we can do. And so, uh, so that's what I'm trying to write anyway, and then see how it goes over the next year. Nice. That's my goal. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Right so. Well, all the best, Danielle. You're doing a great job with your podcast. I oh, love it. You. And uh, all the best to your listeners, okay? Thank you. <laughs> right on.